Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Loving That Sports Talk with your host, James Loving. If you're looking for a fast-paced show that covers football and so much more, this is the place to be. Now, here's your host, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, James Loving. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and it's going to be a great show, you know. Got my co-host, Terry Jackson. Terry, you know me, you talk a lot, and we, you know, we go back and forth, but this this show, we're going to light up on uh, my guests we have on the line today. <laughs> you know, he, we, we, we're former teammates at the University of Wyoming, and, you know, when I was down there, he told me we're always going to be teammates of family, but I think after this show, the only thing we're going to be was uh, former teammates, because he ain't going to be my family. <laughs> but listeners, we got a guest. I'm Galen Jackson. Are you there, Galen? I'm here. How are you? Good, good. Galen, well, before we get started, tell us this, you know, where you're from and when you played at Wyoming and, the, and where you played in the NFL. All right. Yeah, I'm from Denver, Colorado. Uh, I graduated there uh, from South High School in Denver in 83 and came up to the University of Wyoming. Played from 83 to 87. From there, went to the Giants and then... Um, uh, to Atlanta and San Diego uh, from 88 to 92. So that's about my football career. Well, Dave, I learned a lot about you that I didn't know, but, you know, Tom, you played in Japan ball. I didn't know that. That was How was that experience? Oh, man, that was awesome, man, having the opportunity to go over to Yokohama uh, and experience that culture. And, I, you know, they weren't very sophisticated as far as... Um, you know, knowing about football or anything, but they were, you know, they would cheer during the uh, uh, during the timeouts and stuff like that, and they were really quiet while the game was going and stuff, but played with some great players there. I think Tim Brown at the time was the Heisman Trophy winner, and, and he played in that, and played with a lot of great athletes in there. Randall Cunningham, not Randall Cunningham, Randall McDaniel, a big offensive lineman from Arizona State, was in that game, and a lot of good players. And it was just a great opportunity. Well, tell them, I mean, you know, I like to get, get a little about, know, know a little bit about you because they're going to know you know football. So after this show, they're going to be like, he don't know football, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, your accomplishment at Wyoming, your, um, your um, player of the week games and all like that, tell them your tackles and all that. Cause you, tell them you're, you're the middle linebacker. Yeah, I was the middle linebacker. I also played outside and inside in the NFL. I played initially uh, played outside linebacker at the University of Wyoming, and then uh, moved to the inside. I I'm the, still the all-time leading tackler for the University of Wyoming, and also I um, hold the first you know 
for a single season. I, I'm number one and two in tackles for for the University of Wyoming and uh, was all American when I was here. Uh, and of course, all the WAC. We were in the Mountain. I think they had a, the WAC Athletic Conference at the time. Now they're in the Mountain West Conference now, but then we were in the WAC and and so all uh, WAC two years in a row. And also was a newcomer of the year, my freshman year. Now, Terry, me and you talked about this, and, and um, you know, Terry was a running back, you know, running back, you know, you could coach everything. I know receiver, Gary, no, but, you know, we get to talk about quarterback. We never talk about NFL on the show. We usually talk about, but this week we had to go with it, Terry, didn't we? Yeah, I guess we did. <laughs> you know, and, and I had this, we had this question, Terry, you know, we talked about Tebow. Let me get your input on what you think Tebow is there as a quarterback. Yeah, well, I... I think that Tebow is a young quarterback, all right? And I believe that it takes a quarterback in the NFL to be, to be not at the upper echelon, but to be just a good quarterback, it takes five years to be able to do that, okay? So, now, I'm not saying that Tim Tebow is a great quarterback or he's going to be an all-pro quarterback or nothing like that. The question was asked me, what do I think about Tebow? And I said that <laughs> I believe that he hasn't had an opportunity to prove that he's horrible or that he's going to be a good quarterback at all. He hasn't had that opportunity. And so that was what me and you had a conversation about. But, but, but Terry, do you think he's going to be a great quarterback, Terry? You know, I don't think so. Do I think he is? Yeah. I, I, I can't say he is. I can't say yes to that that question. Um, do I believe he will be? It's possible. I don't think that at this point, just like you said, he has not even touched the surface of um, of making it in the NFL as a quarterback. I think he's getting a bum rap in a, in, a, in a lot of instances, like like I talked to you about before, because he hasn't had that opportunity. Um, you take Mark Sanchez, for instance, or you take a Cam Newton. Those guys have went to teams and they have used those guys as quarterbacks. They're they're going to be their quarterback. They're getting more experience just this year than Tim Tebow has gotten since he's been drafted. Um, it, it, it was totally unfair for them to draft him number one as a quarterback. Uh, I don't think he, he should have been the number one number one quarterback because of that. Uh, and then going to Denver, where they already had a decent quarterback. Uh, I think he just. I think he's getting a bum rap, and I think uh, in another two or three years, people will be able to tell what Tim Tebow is going to do. I think he's going to need longer than just the end of this season, or or what they're talking about. But that's my opinion. But Terry, you you think I think so too? But Gaylord don't think Orton was a good quarterback. Am I right, Gaylord? If I'm a defensive player, and just like the teams <laughs> are playing Tebow right now. Tebow does not fear me as quarterback, and neither does Kyle Orton. The only thing about Kyle Orton is different is that he has the experience, that he's been playing in the NFL for a long time. Uh, he's been a, an effective quarterback, but as a defensive coordinator in the league or a player, I'm not afraid that Orton can stretch the field on me. And so if you have a decent running game, which the Denver Broncos do not have, then then I'm going to stack up the box and I'm going to make Kyle Orton beat me with his arm, which he cannot do, and he's proved that over and over again. 
the one thing about Tim Tebow that, that comes to the table, then, is that he's also a running threat as well. Okay? So that adds a little bit more dimension uh, as far as if I'm a defensive coordinator and I have to stop uh, an off, uh, offensive team, <clears throat> then I also have to put into my <clears throat> thinking that, you know, uh, Tim Tebow can beat me with his feet as well as, you know, he's not a real accurate passer right now, but if he's on the move, he still can throw, you know. And so I think he's in a very unfair situation when they announced him as the starter. They went ahead and traded his best wide receiver. And uh, my friend and your friend, Steve McMillan, was at the game last weekend, and he said from what he has to work with, his current wide receivers cannot even get separation from the cornerbacks. Okay, so Tim Tebow's not only got to <clears throat> uh, be an active passer, but he's almost got to be a perfect passer if you have wide receivers that can't get open. Also, if I'm a young quarterback and I'm pushing and I'm nervous already and you have a defense that allows an offense, the Broncos' defense allowed that offense, the Detroit Lions, to score on every possession that they had in the first half. Now, not only are you behind uh, when you get the ball, but you're pressing because you keep getting further and further behind. Again, unfair for Tim Tebow. So if you look at the Denver Broncos and the state they're in, it has nothing to do with Tebow. It has something to do with him, but mostly with the organization and the team they have put together. Well, two questions I gave him. One, if you saying that um, they got rid of their receiver, best receiver, are they setting him up for failure? And two, you know, we talked about getting outside the box, step outside the box. You talk about, you know, you think outside of being a linebacker, I think outside of being a receiver. Isn't, if you make it to the NFL, say if I'm, say I'm correct me if I'm wrong, they know physically you, you are right to make it there because they want to get you. You should be physically fit and have the talent to be in the NFL. It's the mental that you got to have to make it in the NFL. Am I wrong? Is that safe for saying or no? Oh, I think that's probably the number one thing. I mean, you know, mental, uh, physically, there's a lot of players on the same level, but it's adjusting to the mental game in the NFL that makes a difference. You know, and a lot of those quarterbacks that come out of the league and don't make it just because they can't adjust to the speed and to uh, the complexity of those offenses that are in the NFL. And so, you know, they can't read. Uh, the, the different defenses that the coordinators throw at them, and, and it's so it's so complex. It's hard for you know it's hard to find a good quarterback, and especially to find one in Brady's level, Manning's level, and now Aaron, you know Roger Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' level. You know it's hard. Drew Brees. You know it's hard to find good quarterbacks like that. You know because they can think quickly, they can they're smart. And they can react and do all that at the same time, and there's not too many players out there that can do that. How much of that is on the coast, though, Gaylor? Of a player successful success in the NFL? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with with systems they're running, and you know, I mean, you're putting people. If you're going to run a specific system, you got to draft the players that will match that system, and you can't, you know, you can't put a, a square or a square peg in a round hole, whatever, how you say that. But, you know, I mean, you've got to put people uh, into your system that's going to fit your system. And so if you don't draft the right people for your system, then that's still not for failure and also your organization of failure. So 
I think coaches have some to do with it because, you know, and also who you bring into your organization has a lot to do with it as well. So the general manager, whoever's on the, in charge of player personnel is very, very important to the success of the organization because you want good athletes in there, but you want smart football players. Smart football players, and if you look at the, the main organization that drafts smart football players, um, mature football players, you just look at the New, um, New England Patriots. The New England Patriots do a good job. Bill Belichick and his organization do a great job of drafting football players. They're not necessarily one to get, get the best athlete in there who can run a 4-2, but they want to know if you can play football. And you can get between the lines, you can go in there, and you can hit somebody and play the game. Well, you know, and I, I, Terry there, he might speak up on this. And we talk about, we're going to go around the league, Gabriel, and we're going to talk about different players, but Tony Romo, you got him, the right team out, but he's just not succeeding there. You know, what is it with him, Terry or Gabriel? I don't know what's going on with Tony Romo. I don't think it's more Tony Romo as it is the people trying to protect Tony Romo. Um, Love, you and I talked about this when... um, when when Tony Romo was was messing up the first of the season, and Michael Vick started messing up the first of the season, we're talking about, well, they should, you know, they should bench him. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna replace him. I said no, they don't need to replace him. I said these guys are premier quarterbacks. They need to either make it, they either need to put up or shut up. You know, just like Donovan McNabb had to do. Um, Donovan McNabb had to put up or shut up. Well, apparently he wasn't putting up, so he's not playing now. Um, look at what happened with Michael Vick. Look how he turned it around and, um, you know, came out and started winning. Well, they got to do that with Tony Romo, but they're not making the passes that Tony Romo normally would make because they're afraid he's throwing, he's going to throw interceptions. Um, you can't go a half without throwing a pass to your number one receiver, Des Bryant or, or Miles Austin. You just can't do those kinds of things, which leads me to believe that they're trying to protect him instead of letting him play his game or putting him out there to, 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 to play like he can play. That's what I think is going on with Tony Romo. You know, we're going to let you comment on that, Gayla, and then we'll, then we'll take a break first. And okay. when we come back, we'll let you comment on that, Gay, because we're going to go through every quarterback, and then we're going to try and see where you say which player shouldn't be in the NFL to just get thing. But this is James Loving, host and Loving That Sports Talk, and I got co-host Terry Jackson, main guest. Um, Galen Jackson on the line. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
when it comes to youth and high school football. Listen each week to Coach Al Gross at First and Ten Football. Coach covers vital topics relating to the latest trend on a national level. Join Coach as he interviews personalities from the NFL, NCAA, and the top high school coaches from around the country. Catch all the interviews and get in-depth information online at www.firstand10football.com. Your national resource for youth and high school football. First and 10 Football airs Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel your internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you're hooked up with loving that sports talk James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is Jay Loving, back home from Loving That Sports Talk. And like we said, we got a guest, Galen Paxson, online. Galen, before we went to break... Um, Terry was speaking about Romo. What's your take on that? And then when you answer that, you know, I got another question about coaches, but uh, what do you think your take on that with Tony Romo? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Terry on that, you know. Um, I also say, you know, when I, when I had mentioned earlier that, you know, it takes five years at least for a quarterback in this league to, to get comfortable with his system, uh, to get uh, just to recognize defenses, and and get used to the speed of the game. And Tony Romo, I don't this is his third, maybe fourth season, I guess, as a quarterback. And so, you know, hey, he's still in the learning process. Hopefully they can you – know, he is making horrible decisions, though, down the stretch in games, you know, which he shouldn't probably be making at this point, you know. And so it may have to do with him playing under pressure, you know. He may not be able to – uh, handle those types of things. And so, you know, I guess it's still a question whether or not he's an elite quarterback in the league, you know, and, and maybe they should give him an, another season or two to see if that's going to be, uh, you know, prevalent throughout the rest of his career and then that they may have to move forward or, or stick with what, who they have if he can be successful. But, but Gabriel, how many years and games will it take that you could say, we, we're going to keep waiting on Tommy to do something, you know what I'm saying? You got to get to a point to say, you know, every game, important game, he's just not coming through for it. When did you say enough is enough? I say, you know, if you get close to that five-year point for a quarterback, then you got to start looking in the direction. I mean, just think about the Peyton Manning, who's probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time. But people were questioning his decision making um, for. Uh, as he when he was a younger quarterback, and he couldn't win the big games, and he couldn't do this and that until he proved them wrong. Okay, 
then when you prove him wrong, everybody had to be quiet. But it takes some time. Brady, you know, he never had the pressures of become, uh, you know, come into the league as a as a number one draft choice for a team, and so he was able to learn behind the scenes, and then he moved in there, <clears throat> and, and and has done a great job ever since he's been in there. But so his learning process was different, but he was able to learn behind a good quarterback before he stepped in there. And Rodgers again. He was behind Brett Favre for a number of years, learning and watching before he actually had to step in and do it himself, which he struggled his first year, year, you know, uh, year and a half, and then he started, you know. Now he's just tearing up the league with precision passing, but he was able to learn first and then put his, you know, skills in the game and be able to be successful. But if you get thrown in the wool, to the wolves automatically, I mean, right off the bat, and it's tough for you to succeed, especially with all the pressure and, and the media hype and all the things that go on in the NFL. That's, I think that's the same reason why Aaron Rodgers is not succeeding and did not succeed in Denver, um, because everybody wanted to see Tebow. Uh, everybody knows that the fans run this 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 thing, and and the fans were not going to sit there and and let Tebow sit on the sidelines when when everybody's wanting to watch him play, get him in the game. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, get him out of there. Well, how 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 do you think Aaron Rodgers is going to play with that kind of pressure on him? You know, he's not wanted there. He doesn't. You know, he doesn't feel wanted. You mean, or well, of course he's not going to perform. Um, you talking about Orton? Yeah, you talking about Orton? Right, Orton. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, but but of course he's not going to perform when 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 he got the fans over there booing him because they want to see Tebow come in the game. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and that's what happened, Galen, because you know, and I know, Tebow wasn't ready to start, but the no. fans dictated that for him, Galen. You don't believe that? Oh, yeah, I think the people, uh, the, you know, uh, uh, certainly had something to do with the Broncos' decision to start playing uh, Tim Tebow. They were losing with Horton, and so, therefore, they said, well, let's see, because they have made an investment in into uh, Tebow, and so they say, okay, what what do we actually really have here? And so they made a decision to try to see what they actually have to see if this is someone they want to invest their future in. And so, you know, unfortunately for Kyle Orton, he's at the wrong place at the wrong time. He's in the perfect storm, and therefore he got drenched in favor of Tebow because of fan support of Tebow and because of... Uh, situation on whether or not, and they weren't winning either, so I mean, there's no difference really, they actually both have one win apiece, and, and people's only, you know, been in uh, starting two games, so you know, it's just, it's just we, unfortunate for important, but You know, Gabe, I hate to turn it, but I got so many questions, I don't want to jump for one thing or but I have to, but you know, since I got you on the show again finally, you know, but you know, but what takes, you know, me and Terry take, talk about this. What takes, and you, know, you tell me, Gaylord, because I know you, you played with um, Belichick, right? Yes. And you told him he was the greatest coach I ever taught you. And I played with Buddy, and I thought Buddy was the greatest coach. Uh-huh. But what do it take for, like, a high school coach and then from college to pro to motivate their kids? Say, like, high school, you got this great kid that's going to, you know, got the road talent, but you're not motivating him to be the best. And then what do it take from the college coach to do to the pro? Well, you, you, you know the question, do you understand it, what I'm trying to say? It's kind of, yes, yes. Maybe you can. I don't think, for me, motivation, I don't know if motivation 
for me is a in the game. I mean, you have to be able to get your players to play. So I don't think it's motivation. I think with Belichick, uh, when he coached me, he got the best out of me because he demanded the best out of all his players. Right? He demanded that we put in the work on the field and off the field, and then put in the study time. And so that we're the best prepared when we get out there so that not, we're not thinking that we are just reacting to what we see because it's already implanted in us. And so that's what I think about Belichick. He got the best out of us. He didn't take crap from anybody. And he was a leader, okay? And so he led and he put us in a position to be successful. And so we believed in him and we played as hard as we could for him, you know? And so I think... Preparation is a, has a ton to do with it, and the kids knowing and not putting too much on you. I mean, you got to be smart to be a football player, any athlete. You have to be smart because, you know, as you know, James, you get a playbook on offense, you get a playbook for special teams, and you get a playbook for defense, and all of them are real thick and there's different schemes and so forth. So you got to be able to educate yourself with that, and then not only that, you got to be able to react in a split second from what you recognize and from what you've learned, and, you know, you got to go for it. And the guys who do that the best are the ones that, the coaches that are successful, and that's why Belichick has been so successful as a uh, head coach, and he's been successful as a defensive coordinator because he's realized that, you know, he's realized that. Now, now you coach younger kids. What do it take for you at that coaching to motivate, or like say motivate, to get the best out of your kid? But I like that what you said. It's not motivating. It's getting the best out of them. It's getting the best. You know, just again, I try to teach my kids like <clears throat> like my coaches, my good coaches taught me, which is <clears throat> that we're going to work hard, right, and that we're going to play as hard as we can. There's no you can make a mistake, but the only thing that I'm going to pull you out of the game for is an effort mistake, all right? And so if you make a mistake, we can live with it. You fumble the ball, we can live with that. But if you get out there and you're afraid or you just don't make an effort, then there's going to be, you know, you, that's something that we can't correct. We need to pull you off the field. So that's, you know, effort mistakes and, and uh, uh, just not being into it. It's something that I don't put up with as a coach, even with little league guys. And but we have a good time. We, you know, we, I've been successful as coaching little league. It's been fun. It, it is little league, though, you know. But the but the kids are smart. They can learn, and um, just educating them and teaching them fundamentals is the best thing. The, the coaches who do that, uh, who have a system, and really to do that to teach fundamentals, are pretty successful at, at, on any level of football. And I think. That's what the good coaches do. <laughs> and, and from a college point, when they come from high school to college, what are those coaches to do? To, to move them to the next level, Galen, or what? Are they coaching to be the win at that? What are they doing? Well, unfortunately and fortunately, because of the uh, amounts of money that we're talking about, <laughs> From high school to college, and what's on the line there? I think coach, coach, a lot of coaches are just looking out for themselves, you know. And so, I mean, they make tons and tons of money, but you know, they go to a place and be successful, hoping to move to that next level, you know. And so, uh, uh, 
you know, that's good for them. It's not necessarily good for the universities and so forth. But as we can see in all the college realignments and all those types of things, college is driven by the almighty dollar just like any other big business, you know. And so coaches just want to be successful. So to succeed at that level, you need talent. And nobody without talent is going to win. Nobody is. And so um, you can be a mediocre coach. And, and you can be successful because you get the best talent. So LSU, all those SEC teams, you know, they they can get the best talent that's, that's out there, and you don't have to necessarily be a good coach. But you, if you have talent, talent wins. You know, and like you take somebody like a Boise State, they don't necessarily have the best talent, but that coach at Boise State can just flat out coach. Okay. But you know, I don't. You know, I'm not saying that the less miles that LSU is any less of a coach. I'm just saying that they can bring people into their organization that Boise State can't even dream of getting. You know, so they don't have to coach as good as like the guy. I think it's Peterson at Boise State or something like that. You know, you need talent to win on every level. But and, and I'm glad you said that. You know, with talent. You're from Denver, Colorado, and you know all the small places, schools, and towns around Wyoming, Casper. Why isn't schools like Wyoming going to Casper getting players and, you know, these small places getting these players? Because there's talent in those towns, Gabriel. Why do the small town kids don't get to go to these colleges? And like you say, the LSU making all these other kids from Florida the best talent, but they're not still getting, there's talent everywhere, right? Why are they getting singled out that, you know, these kids not getting a chance? Well, you know, I mean, there is there is a lot of talent out there. People don't want to be patient. It's a, you know, our society is, you know, you want it now type of thing. And so they try to go to the bigger communities, even the University of Wyoming, try to go to the Texas, the California, and they try to go in there and compete against those other schools. Um, and they lose because they get, you know, third, fourth, fifth-tier players and, they're not good enough to play, and they're not even used to a climate like Wyoming, and therefore they can't come up here and be successful because it's too foreign to them, and they're really not good enough anyway. You know, I don't know why they've made a decision to do that. When we played here, James, as you know, we had people from all walks of life, from, from Montana to California, you were from Chicago. We had uh, guys from Texas. We had it from all over the place, and so, uh, you know, Fortunately for us, you know, it was all brought together. We were pretty successful and had a chance to go to a bowl game, won championships and so forth. But, you know, I don't understand their thinking these days. And I'm I'm close to the program, but, uh, you know, so many coaches come in and out of here, it's just hard to, you know, to to even get to know what's going on there. So, You know, again, we're going to take another break, and when we come back, we got more questions for you. So this is James Lovey, host of Little Nat Sports Talk, and we'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports... Sports. Have we got a high energy all access sports show for you? 
It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific for Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Looking for a great sports show from a kid's point of view? Look no further than Speaking of Sports. We've got the stats, scores, and inside news on what's happening all over the sports world. It's all hard-hitting, can't-miss action from your point of view. You'll hear different perspectives, opinions, and predictions from the fans and experts. Tune in to Speaking of Sports every Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. Miss just one minute of this show and you've missed out. Listen to Sports Talk at the Positive Pub every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Gil Tyree talks to sports newsmakers, playmakers, and story breakers. You, the hardcore, interactive, and novice fan, can join the show via your phone calls and emails. Sample what's good, right, and positive about the world of sports every week. Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with loving that sports talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving. Host of No Loving That Sports Talk. Like we have our guest, Gator Jackson, and we have... Terry Jackson, man. Terry, you look quiet today. We're going to be lighting gazing up on this. <laughs> well, you know what, love? I, I would like to do that. But like I said, I, I totally agree with him um, to, you know, to a certain extent about Tebow. I mean, I think that he's just, it was been totally unfair to do him the way they did. I mean, they've got to, they got to put him in the game in order to, to evaluate him. You can't just sit there and say, well, he's not going to be the quarterback. Because listening to armchair quarterbacks like me and you and, and Galen and, and some of those guys on TV, you know, Chris Carter and them, I mean, they, they, they have to be able to evaluate him on something. they got to. Otherwise, it, it's just totally unfair. Terry, let me tell you something, though, Terry. Galen said that he armed me down to Tebow the winner. And, 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 Terry, we talk about this. Yeah, you are a winner in college. Did we talk about that, Terry? Yeah, we did. He's not a winner in the pro. Am I right, Terry? Well, there's a difference. Um, there's a difference. Oh, Terry. <laughs> there, there's a difference. I mean, you can't you, you, you can't come from college and, and, and be considered a winner and think that you're going to go in the NFL and say, hey, you know, Thank guess you, what? Terry. Thank you. I'm a winner. You're right there. But at the same time, you need that attitude. You need that, there you know, go, in, in, in order to go. make it. This is what I'm talking about, you're absolutely right. I agree with you there. It has nothing to do with college, and it has nothing to do with the NFL. A winner is an attitude. Tebow is a winner in attitude. If you listen 
to the comments that the most important people uh, in his life as it relates to his profession, professional sports, if you listen to his teammates and what they say about him, then you understand that he's a winner. Let's take Champ Bailey who said he's going to do everything that he can to help Tebow to be successful, okay? Several other of his teammates have they say, hey, this is a good guy, that this guy is working very hard, that this guy, they don't say anything negative about him. And so when your teammates are trying to boost you and back you, then it says something about your character. And his character is good. His work ethic is good. And his attitude is good. He's a winner. He's one and one this year. That's 500. But, again, his attitude, his effort, and the way he goes about doing his business is a winning way. And so people uh, are attracted to that, and they try to do as best as they can, even the defense, and they want to try to help him to win because they know the target is on his back. And so when you have somebody leading an organization like that, and people feel away that way about you, you're going to win more than you would, especially the close ones like that crazy game, the first one against the uh, uh, the Dolphins, you know, they're winning that game. That's because all those guys are pulling for Tebow to win as well because they know the target is on his back and they care about him. That's what I mean by winning. It's an attitude, okay? It's an attitude that the whole team gets, it gets contagious. And so if they give him a shot, then, and if they give him a fair shot, then that might play out in that organization. But if they do like they're doing now, then it's not going to play out because this guy's not going to be successful because he doesn't have the things around him, the right tools around him to be successful. And also, they're not even the offensive coordinator is not even giving him plays for him to be successful. They're just throwing, making him drop, making uh, drop back passes and trying to throw the ball. They got to get him in something he's comfortable in, let him throw some screens. They never even did that in the game the other day, and I was just like, wow, this guy don't have a chance. His own organization's not helping him. Galen, is it fair to say you keep you keep saying uh, you know it gets me angry when you keep saying it. I want to cut you off. That you keep saying he's <laughs> one and one. Galen, you know if we're gonna go in there and we're gonna play Indianapolis, we should win that game, right? They're sorry, they want to play Miami. So how can you even count that as a win, Galen? Come on. And then I told you when Tebow plays somebody that's good, what happened? They tore him up, Galen. So you keep hollering one and one. He played a Miami that Kelly Walsh High School could beat. <laughs> yeah, hey, the only thing I know is that the Giants almost lost to him last week. Ooh. I know that. And, and the Giants beat him the same points that the uh, Broncos beat him. And the Giants are supposed to be a good team. And there's several other teams that struggle with the Dolphins. You talk about an NFL team. They got waxed the week before that. But, again, I'm just telling you is that if, if Tebow didn't win that game in Miami, okay, there was lots of factors that were involved, including his teammates, and he didn't lose the game against Detroit. Again, a lot of factors are involved, but he's the he's the face of the organization, and all the hype is on him, and so he's going to get the credit when they win. He's going to get the uh, um, the detractors when he loses. But it had Tebow itself is only a you know a microcosm of what's going on with that team. Yeah. The bottom line is the bottom line is that Tebow's got to get reps. Tebow. Tebow doesn't even, uh, he can't even tell when, when somebody's coming from the blind side. I mean, 
it's simple stuff like that 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 you're only going to be able to to know by playing. Um, I don't know if Tebow can make all the throws. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen him make all the throws uh, that that a quarterback's going to make. If you on the on the on the right hash, can you can you throw that out pass ten yard out on on the right hand side? I, I don't know if Tebow can do that. So Galen is 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 talking about his organization trying to help him out. His coach is calling the calls to get him you know comfortable playing, and and that's that's true, that's true. But at the same time, if we're going to evaluate Tebow as a quarterback, not a runner. But a quarterback, he's got to make those plays with his arm. You know what? Uh, yeah, certainly he does. I mean, I'm not discounting that, but you got to give him some confidence too. You know, you got to make him get some short passes, some screens, and, and some short passes. Get him in a rhythm a little bit so he could do that. Man, you didn't see that out of that organization last Sunday. They just made him try to do a, you know three, four step drops and and throw the ball downfield to his receivers that weren't even close to being open. And then he was getting flagged on every other play because they're trying to make him this drop back passer. And that's not even um, the head coach's uh, mo. You know, his mo is to run the ball and to throw on third down. That's his mo. But in this particular situation. They seem to be dropping back, straight back, and see. I mean, it's not fair to this kid. You got to be able to do all of it. And if you're just going to try to make that kid beat you with his arm, and he doesn't even know how to play the game on that level yet, it's just not fair. That's right. It's going to take some time and experience. That's the only thing that uh, is going to dictate whether Tebow's going to be quarterback or not, or at least for the Broncos, anyway. You know what? And I thought Terry, man, you talk about you see like you and Galen like on the same side now, Terry. I see how it working now. Love, but, you know, it, I, I got some for you guys. The way it is. I brought it. I brought in the sequel. Listen, love, I, here's here's what we're talking about is a matter of opinion. Do I think Tebow is going to be a good quarterback? The answer yeah. is no. I don't believe he will be. Do I believe he's going to be the future of the Denver Broncos? Uh, I doubt it. <laughs> okay, I don't think he. I think he's out of position, in in, in my opinion. Um, now, am I giving him enough? Uh, am, have, have I given him enough looks to make that decision? Probably not. That that's why I'm talking about. It's unfair. That's why I feel Tebow's gotten a bad rap because he has not been there enough. We have not seen him enough to give him an honest, uh, you know, uh, honest criticism on whether he's going to be a good quarterback or not. Now I know he's done the combine. I know he's he's done you know he's done all that. He's 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 been to some practices and stuff like that. But we have not actually seen him in real game time situation enough to say whether Tebow is going to be a good quarterback or not. Uh, and uh, you know what I like I like Terry's attitude because he's saying to in his mind that he doesn't think Tebow from what he can see that he's going to be successful at quarterback on the, at this level. And so, but he's willing to give the guy a chance to go through all of the process to see if he's able to or not. Well, most people are just saying he's not good enough, don't give him a chance. Or, he, you know, no matter how bad he plays on the other side, you know, let him play, you know. And so, but I like the attitude, at least give him a shot, and a fair shot at proving whether or not he is a quarterback on this level. Now, I'm going to give you an example, and I'm not comparing Tebow to this particular player because I think it's totally different athletic ability, but you heard the same thing about Michael Vick, especially in his first four or five years. 
about how he is not a drop back passer, he is not this, everything that he wasn't. But the only thing I saw is what he was. And I knew he was going to be successful from the time he was in college. The guy has a rocket arm. But as you can see, the game has slowed down so much for Michael Vick uh, that he is 10 point passing on people. I mean, it's ridiculous if you saw him last week, uh, the way he has played. But the detractors, the detractors would say, <clears throat> years ago, you know, four or five years ago, that he would never be a, a Super Bowl quarterback and a league quarterback. He's, he's good. He's the, what was he, the amusement park or whatever he was, but he wasn't a good quarterback. But now they're not saying that about him because the game has slowed down for Michael Vick because of his experience. And now he can take all that athletic ability and 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 be the quarterback that he could that his potential uh, has provided for him. And they cannot question Michael Vick's arm. They cannot do that anymore. No, they can't. Or, they can't question. Or they were they were questioning his arm because he was running eighty ninety yards a game. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he had, but he got opportunity. And, and but the thing about it, he was not that he was so successful early on. It's just that he had opportunity, and once he he saw and he was able, it was able to slow down. Even wait, waiting behind Donovan McNabb for that year, he learned some things, and that slowed the ball, the game down for him, and he was able to be successful as a result of that. Well, that's what all these young quarterbacks need. Even Cam Newton, Cam Newton, they said he wasn't going to be no good if you remember at the beginning of the season. I was just like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And look at him now. And now all these so-called experts are like, oh, yeah, Cam Newton's the real deal, this, this, and that, and other thing. And before the season started, all these people were talking trash about Cam Newton. Yep. And now everybody is on his bandwagon. And I'm going to make a prediction with Cam Newton. I'm going to make a prediction that next year Cam Newton struggles. I, I, I'm on your same boat. I'm on your same boat there. The sophomore struggle a little bit. I can see it happening. You know what? We're going to take another break. I want to ask y'all why y'all think he's going to struggle because if he has a success now, isn't he learning? And then next year he should learn to be even better. So we're going to take another break and then we'll be right back with uh, this is Jay Lovin' with Lovin' That Sports Talk. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Spin It with Chuck Foreman has a spin on so much that's going on. It will be hard to fit it all into the promo. We'll talk about the weekend games, what to look forward to, hot topics in the news. Spin It Old School, which gives a back-in-the-day approach from Chuck. A no-spin zone where Chuck gives an unbiased opinion and lets you do the same. Chuck will be taking us around town and around the world with news, happenings, and more. It's football, news, and happenings. Tune in for Spin It with Chuck Foreman. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. What does building a family mean to you? Nobody has experienced the pain and joy of family life in a way that Freddie Scott has. And his experiences in life, in sports, and business can help you create a successful family future. We'll cover many aspects of family building and management with a focus on fatherhood. Men and women want their families to succeed during these tough times. Our show will give you hope for the future and practical tools for a successful family. Tune in to The Freddie Scott Show, Tackling the Game of Life, Mondays at 
noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're hooked up with Loving That Sports Talk. James Loving and his guests want to hear it from you. Call us at 1-888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or drop an email to lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com. Now, back to the show. This is James Loving, host of Loving That Sports Talk, and I got a... My miserable guest, Galen, and then my co-host, Terry, online is very disappointing. While we're on break, they're just conversating to each other. I just hate men, so I couldn't wait till we get back live on the air. How can you guys say, one, Terry, you talk about Cam New playing off um, drilling and athletic, but Galen, you even said it in the show that you got to be mentally prepared to play. You tell me all the plays that he's doing is not mental? Because he wouldn't be able to read the defense and do what he's doing and, and getting 400 yards a game. So explain that to me, guys. Love, the guy is talented. He is very talented, okay? He plays a position of quarterback. When you come into the NFL drafted as a quarterback, you know that's, that, that, that's what you do, right or wrong. Right. Okay. Right. So it's no secret that Cam Newton can play quarterback. He, he's, he's got the, 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 the skills. To do that, the fundamentals are down. Uh, Cam Newton, people are, you know, you, you got to understand the DBs are thinking, well, can this guy really throw? Can he make it? Or we're gonna we're gonna put some pressure on him. We're gonna try and get some pressure up front, and and he's gonna fold on us. Well, he's not doing that. Cam Newton's making passes. He's standing in the pocket taking hits, okay, and he's running with his legs. Now you can't tell me, love, that. Cam Newton knows how to read all the defenses that they're throwing at him. I don't believe he does. And I think he's playing on adrenaline and athletic ability right now, and he's playing well. But I think he's going to start struggling. They always do. He's going to start struggling either at the end of this year or next year. He's going to start struggling. When he starts thinking, he's going to start struggling. And I would agree with Terry on that. I mean, he is going to start struggling probably towards the end of the season into a sophomore season because it is a mental game, all right? He's not used to playing 16 games in 17 weeks anyway from the college season, and so he's going to be more weary physically, which makes you think, makes it tough on you during the game. Them big linebackers hitting him? Yes, right, <laughs> linebackers. And it's a wear and tear of a season. It makes it difficult. Then you go into the next season. One thing about Cam that's really, really impressive is that <clears throat> he hasn't had no OTAs, really, I mean, he walked in with a very short training camp, and he's been very, very impressive, you know. So, you know, he'll get some OTAs under his belt next uh, spring and, and through the summer, and then he'll go through a, a real training camp the following, you know, next year. And so mentally he'll be able to add more to the playbook and so forth. But I still think sophomore slump will happen for him. Uh, and I think it's just the natural progression of, of, progression of a quarterback. But, you know, after that, the sky's the limit because the game would just, again, slow down for him as well. And uh, and, and he's going to be a good quarterback in that league. Okay, now, it's fair to say, I agree with Terry on half, but what he's saying is he's an athlete. <laughs> you know, he's running. I give him that because 
he's getting out of things. But, Galen, you know when he goes underneath that center, he only have a few seconds to call play and look at that deal. Right, Galen? So what he's doing is making that pass, and when he's throwing all those yards and touchdowns, he's mentally, I mean, smart to do that. Am I right, Galen? But what they're oh, yeah, saying is that's what I agree he's getting out of very impressive. He's impressive, but he's still throwing interceptions now. I mean, it's not like he's not throwing interceptions. Anymore. I like Rivers. Rivers yeah, got 11 Rivers. already. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's still throwing interceptions, but, I mean, again, you know, he he's probably made them win the two games that they did win, that they have won. And so, I mean, he's been very impressive, but still, he'll hit the end-of-the-year wall and he'll hit a sophomore slump. But like I said, he'll the game will slow down for him totally, and he'll be you know regimented and, and experienced. And in, in the years following, he's just going to eat up the league. Hey, love, let's not get it twisted. It's not a knock on Cam Newton. No, it's not. I'm not knocking him. I think he's an absolute fantastic athlete. I yeah. think he's a hell of a quarterback. Yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is, is that I think he's he's playing with something to prove. Cam Newton's playing with something to prove. He's got all the critics, you know. Uh, well, he didn't have a good combine, and he's, you know, he, they don't know if he's going to do this, and, and they don't know if he's going to do that, and he's the Heisman Trophy winner, blah, blah, blah. Well, he's got something to prove. I'm, I can play quarterback, and I'm going to show you guys I can play quarterback. I don't think he's playing on, I think he's playing on pure athletic ability and skill right now. And when he starts having to think a little bit, that's when he's going to start struggling. But that's all I'm saying. I don't think all, he's not All okay. first round, first pick got to play with something to prove because they got to prove that they that number one player. Is that fair to say? That's true. Well, that's true, but you know, like, you know how they are in the media. You know, they want to see what you can't do. So, you know, just like, you know, uh, uh, Peyton Manning can't win the big one. You know, it's always that next thing. You know, he's a good quarterback, but he can't win the big one. Same with Cam Newton. No, he can run around, he's athletic, but can he stay in the pocket? That would be the thing, and so then he'll try to prove to them, just like McNabb did before him, right, that I can, I can beat you in the pocket, you know. So it's, whatever the critics are saying, that he's going to try to prove them. That, that's when those guys get away from what they're supposed to do, and they go into those slumps because they're trying to do something that just doesn't really even come natural. I think that Donovan McNabb would have a doggone Super Bowl if he was just played with his athletic ability in that Super Bowl they probably would have had a chance to beat the New England Patriots. But instead, he was trying to prove that he could beat them from the pocket and they would turn them up. Yeah. And I wish he wouldn't. Isn't that the game that these coaches are trying to make these players, you know, stop running, you know, and stay in the pocket? And they're not pocket passers, you well, know. Do what you big. When Vic tried to do it, when the beginning in the last year, he was getting killed. He standing in the pocket. They sacking him. Do what you do, man. And you can. It's not that he can't pass in the pocket. He can, but do what you do. Make the team better by moving around and make another dimension for your team, and then throw it downfield. But you can't make the media make you into something that you're not. Absolutely, I totally agree with that. And, and I'm telling you, Michael Vick is a perfect example of that. That's right. That's right. I think he's Michael a perfect Vick example of that. Yeah, Michael Vick still runs. He can beat you with his arm too. So you just choose your poison on him now, and he'll take it and do it. Yeah. McNabb should have kept that attitude because Michael Vick still has that. He's not afraid to beat you with his legs. But now he's yeah, me. Look at Big Ben Roethlisberger. Is yeah. as bad as I, I hate the Steelers, but look at him. Yeah. I mean, you got to give him his up, man. Yeah. Okay. He will. He will so, scramble around and scramble around, and he will make a play. 
That's right. You know, and, and they depend on that. They depend on that. Trust me. So he's strong as heck, and it's not like a live. I mean, a defensive lineman can't bring him down with one hand. No, he's strong. He throw you off and make a play downfield. Yep. Well, you know, Gayla, we only got two minutes left to close. I want to thank you for coming on. And thank you, you know, for when I was down there. Like I said, me, you talked that day. That was the best time we had talking and messed with each other. But you still don't know about quarterback. You know football. <laughs> you don't know quarterback. Well, yeah, you know, man. You're my family. You know, you're my brother. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I can put you in place. You know, I understand. I, you still learn about football, and I can still teach you like I used to do on the field. And, uh, uh, you know, I appreciate you inviting me on your show. It's been awesome, you, you know, talking with you and Terry on on football. Be more than happy to come back and talk to you, teach you some more oh, about yeah, quarterbacks. You like know more about quarterbacks than me. <laughs> <laughs> and like, like I say, Terry, he he was on your side of that game, but that's all right. You know, he's supposed to be, but that's okay. Love, I don't choose sides, man. I I try to keep it plain and even. <laughs> he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, you know what you're talking about, man. Me and you can talk. We, we're on the same page, man. We're on the same page. Right yeah, on. He, he's from, I told him, don't think like a receiver. Right. You got to think like a head coach. A head coach, you got to see it from a different perspective. And yeah. I, I told him that about Matt Miller. He can't, he can't be a general manager because he thought like a linebacker. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks, thanks again for coming on, Gary. All right, bro. And thank you, Terry, too. You know, you always. Too, Terry, man. All you right, take care, Galen. All right, this is Jay Loving. Also, no one a great Loving that sports talk. See you next week. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Loving That Sports Talk. But don't worry, James Loving will be back next week, Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get ready to love more sports talk then. And keep in touch with James all week at lovingthatsportstalk at yahoo.com.